Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, recently, there was a sighting, a very interesting sighting of an object that, hap- that was uh, a tic-tac object, basically, that was sighted by a police officer in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, here's an article from a, a blog called uh, lifeinjonestown.substack.com. I will leave the link for this article so you can check it out for yourself. Uh, but I'm going to, uh, there, there's a lot to this article, but I'm just going to read, read the part about this sighting. Uh, this guy gets into other stuff here, but I'm just going to talk about this particular sighting and, uh, some of the reaction, uh, from people online. Uh, and this was actually written by a guy named Billy Cox. And, uh, here's the article. It says here at a quarter past 11 on Saturday morning, November 5th, Bradenton Beach police officer Chuck Morose was driving south along Quakina Beach when something weird caught his eye. What he saw made him pull over onto the soft shoulder just north of the drawbridge at Longboat Key to get a better look. A United States Coast Guard C-130 was flying over Sarasota Bay, low enough for Morose to see the plane's markings and numbers. Altitude less than a mile, maybe 4,000 feet. But it wasn't the Lockheed turboprop that made him stop. It was the car-sized black mass that appeared to be suspended in midair to the west over the Gulf of Mexico like it was painted on the sky. I'm just going to stop there for a second. So basically what he sees, he sees this basically as a tic-tac object, very similar to what was described uh, uh, by David Fravor when uh, he and uh, some of his other uh, Navy pilot colleagues witnessed uh, uh, this strange tic-tac-shaped object in 2004. Uh, anyway, continuing. It says the United States Coast Guard crew evidently noticed the object as well and responded by shifting course as if to pursue. Morose pulled out his Samsung Android as the C-130 closed to within maybe less than one-tenth of a mile of the UFO. He managed to squeeze off a single shot that caught both vehicles in the same frame. As soon as the plane made its turn and I shot that picture, the object was gone in an instant. I mean, it went from a standstill to being gone instantaneously. It headed west out over the gulf in literally two seconds, a second and a half, said Morose. He estimated no more than 15 seconds elapsed between the moment he noticed the plane and the disappearance of the near-miss UFO. It was a little bit of a shock. It's obviously not something you see every day, Moreau said. This is not the first time I've seen something unidentified in the sky, but this was something that really makes you scratch your head and wonder what the heck it was. And I'll just stop there for a second. Now, for anybody who's uh, listening to the podcast version of this, of course, I'll you know just check out the link and you can see what the picture of this, uh, you can see the actual picture that this guy shot. It's very... Uh, very compelling. I really, uh, really like it. It was a great shot, actually, but that he was able to get it off in time. Uh, I, you know, I, you talk about this all the time about how I, I always talk about it. Like, you know, when these things happen, if you don't, it's hard to get a shot of these things because they're there and then they're gone pretty quick, usually. And that was the case here. I mean, obviously, this thing flew off so fast and within, you know, uh, a couple of seconds, it was gone. It, it moved. It was out, it was out of sight within seconds. Anyway, uh, uh, continuing, it says here, the closest Coast Guard base is located in the nearby fishing village of Cortez, but the nearest United States Coast Guard airstrip is 60 miles north in Clearwater. Morose asked around and came up empty. I know they don't have aircraft running out of Cortez, but they told me they had no comment and didn't elaborate further, he said. We have a couple of deputies in Brandonton Beach who are Coast Guard reservists, and they weren't able to get any more information on it either. And then the author of this piece uh, said that he tried contacting contacting the the Coast Guard himself, and uh, he he 
didn't get any answers. Uh, and th there's a lot more to this article, but he gets into other things talking about the uh, the uh, the government and uh, I'll, again I'll leave the link, but I guess the the point is is that you know you, you you know they contacted the government to see what they would say about this about this Coast Guard United States Coast Guard encounter with this strange tic tac in the sky boy they're not they're not telling they don't tell the public anything about these things you know that's still that still continues you know it does not, nothing changes after all this time. You know, uh, which it's not surprising, not surprising at all. But you wonder, I guess, you know, one of the things that they talk about in this piece, you know, you wonder, is this going to be something that shows up later on in one of the uh, UFO reports that uh, the, the Congress uh, looks at? Uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, this guy could testify there in one of their hearings uh, that they have maybe in the future sometime and talk about what he saw and present this picture uh, as as evidence of, of what he encountered that day. But anyway, of course... Uh, Debunkers out there had their, you know, they, they, they don't think there's anything to this, uh, actually. In fact, uh, somebody asked uh, the, the greatest, most, uh, 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 well, most known debunker of our age, Mick West, about this. And his response was, the leading possibilities are a fly or a toad decoy. Very hard to tell if it's small or far away. So if it's small, then that means it's a fly, you know. And if it's far away, well, that means it's a decoy, like a, or a towed decoy, where they're uh, they're basically have this. The plane was actually dragging this thing, had this object hanging off of it, and, and that's what it was. But again, you know, you, in a way, it's basically what he's doing, he's calling this police officer a liar. And this this goes to show how disingenuous uh, debunkers really are when it comes down to this stuff. I mean, come on. How could you come to this conclusion just like that? You see this picture, you read the story. Now, and the story doesn't say anything about the guy was driving down the highway and he actually pulled over his vehicle because he saw this black mass, as he described it, just hanging there in the sky, unmoving. It was not moving. It wasn't being towed through the sky and it wasn't an insect, right? It was, it was far away in the sky and he's looking at it. He didn't know what it was. He made him stop his vehicle to look at it. But yet here we have Mick West saying, oh, it could be a fly or a, toy, a towed decoy. <clears throat> uh, so, I mean, basically, again, it's a passive aggressive way of, of calling the guy a liar. That's, that's, that's what it boils down to. It's just totally disingenuous and there's no... You know, there's no thought in this is this is how easy it is. I mean, I talked to you about this before, how easy it is to be a debunker. I mean, all you got to do is sit back and just proclaim, proclaim stuff. You don't have to uh, do any sort of investigation. You, you don't look at the facts like, you know, this is something Stan, Stan Friedman used to talk about. They, you know, forget about the facts. They don't want to read any of the facts. That is nothing, you know, when it comes to what their, uh, uh, their, their explanation for these things are, the facts, you know, don't let them get in the way. In fact, that's what he does here. Doesn't even talk about it. I mean, the guy actually says, I mean, let's look, go back at this article here. The article states uh, pretty clearly, you know, he saw a black mass. He said, uh, uh, he, he was uh, uh, you know, basically just hanging there in the sky. He says it, it went from a okay. It says here uh, it went from a standstill to being gone instantaneously. This is when the object took off. It headed west over the Gulf in literally two seconds, a second and a half. So we actually saw the object just hanging there, motionless in the sky, and then it took off within seconds. You know, this is after seeing it. You know, as he's driving in his car and he pulled over. But again, this is just how disingenuous 
uh, these people really are. I mean, basically, it's like, you know, it's uh, it's basically all, it's either it's either an insect or it's just this, uh, uh, perhaps it's uh, a toad decoy, but it's uh, the concept that it's uh, uh, an extraterrestrial craft of some kind from out of this world is absolutely preposterous. It's absurd. But uh, but it says here that the guy actually pulled a... See, they don't they don't want to they don't want to hear the facts part of it. Like they don't want to hear that. Like they blocked that all out. That has to get all blocked out, right? Because that uh, that would hurt their their narrative. That goes against what they're gonna what they're gonna just try to say. Uh, what's this, Mick? Oh, it's it's a it's a fly. It's a, it's a toad decoy. That's all. But but the guys see they, they they block it out. They block it out. That's how these people are. Uh, totally disingenuous. Totally disingenuous. Uh, but uh, this isn't the only um, thing I want to talk about here uh, with regard to uh, debunkers today. Um, basically, there was another uh, article here. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Again, here we go. Um, there was a recent piece here, uh, you know, about this this guy this uh, astronomer neil degrasse tyson and of course the it was it disappeared in gearpatrol.com this is an online uh, source i'll leave the link for this one too and he's asked about ufos and it's just unbelievable the what the stuff the stuff he says here uh, i mean he's always every time ufos comes up degrasse tyson always has says non talks about nonsense here and uh uh, here we go again. It's just it's just as bad, but we're going to go through this here. It says, uh, the guy asked him, speaking of, uh, what do you think all that UAP, unidentified aerial phenomena stuff, now that it's more front of mind for everyone? I'm just genuinely genuinely curious to know your thoughts on all this. And here's 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 uh, his response. We'll go through this. It says, so first of all, who are, who are they fooling? Unidentified aerial phenomena? It's a UFO. They're just trying to rebrand it. What the hell's wrong with them? They're just rebranding it. They're not fooling anybody. That's point A. Well, let's just stop here for a minute. Actually, they're rebranding it again. Uh, the UAP will stay there, but I suppose now, now it's going to be changed to unidentified anomalous phenomena. Anyway, uh, and I actually agree with them. I actually agree with them on that board. I, why not just keep it at UFOs? You know, but they wanted to rebrand it because I think they wanted to rebrand it because uh, uh, the the connotation that you, the word UFO was brought up. I mean, basically, they want to change. They wanted to change it to something else, UAP, because after years and years, decades and decades of uh, stigmatizing UFOs, that anybody who saw UFOs were crazy. Well, of course, uh, you know. Uh, they, they needed to change that. I mean, because five years ago when they decided, apparently somebody decided within the Pentagon that, to, for this slow disclosure, which right now seems to be in limbo like I've been talking about recently. But anyway, five years ago when the slow disclosure began, um, there was a discussion. Uh, there, I mean, there was a, a, obviously a, an effort to, the, to try to rebrand it, and that's what they did. Uh, but anyway, continuing. So that, that was his point A. Point B, it seems to me, just spitballing here, that if Earth is being visited by aliens from another, another planet, it would not require congressional hearings to establish. I'm just thinking, just putting it out there, aliens visit, Congress has to meet to decide if it's real. That's my first point. Okay, let's just let's stop here. Let's just stop here how ridiculous that is. 
I mean, just think about what he's saying here. He, he, he. I mean, he actually doesn't have. He, he I mean, from what the way he, his presentation of of the facts here, of what he believes, what he sees, how he sees this world, he has no idea that there's a government cover. He, he has no clue. Obviously, that's what it seems like. I mean, uh, unless he's just acting stupid, but I mean, to me, how could you not realize? I mean, this has nothing to do with the Congress, for one thing. The Congress, obviously, these people in Congress for for decades, obviously, you know, had no idea what's been going on behind the scenes within the military industrial complex. They have no idea, like, how this thing has been uh, uh, being kept a sec uh, secret for all these decades. Obviously, he doesn't know anything about it. To make this kind of comment, it's just ridiculous. It's abs that's absurd. Anyway, his second point, in the last six months, we've been treated to high-resolution stereoscopic imagery from the surface of Mars obtained by an SUV-sized rover plunked down. Oh, by the way, that rover carried a helicopter. You've seen the last few seconds of a high-res image of a moonlit, moonlit of an asteroid that was slammed into the DART mission to change its orbit to protect the future of Earth so it doesn't fall into harm's way from a future asteroid. You saw the entire surface of that. We folded a telescope, stuck it in a rocket ferry, launched it to a million miles away from Earth, unfurled it, pointed it at the edge of the universe, and we have detailed images of galaxies being born. You're telling me there's an alien in front of your airplane and the best you can do is a fuzzy monochromatic tic-tac? Really? And that's in our atmosphere? It's there? The plane can see it? Really? Now let's just stop here for a second. Uh, now he's basically saying that because of the, the tic-tac is just monochromatic uh, image that, that that the government released to us. Now you have to remember, there was only, th for one thing, there was only th those videos uh, back in 2017 that were leaked uh, by somebody within the Pentagon, and one of those videos was the Tic Tac. He's talking about that, uh, you know, one of those videos, right? Uh, that's all we all. That's all we ever got from the government. How we? How do you? We don't know what else they have. They they haven't been showing us. In fact, uh, just recently, uh, there were efforts by uh, John Greenwald of the Black Vault to. Uh, uh, to, to get a, a whole bunch of uh, Navy uh, videos from the Navy, and, and he was de he was denied. He appealed, and he was denied again. They're not giving us, the, they're not showing us what they have. We All we ever had was three videos. There has to be a lot more than that. But anyway, let's continue. He goes on here. He says, not only that, there's 6 billion smartphones in the world, last time I checked, and each phone can take high-resolution photographs and video. If a kitten jumps from the table to the back of the couch and falls, that goes viral. Do you think if anyone got a video of an alien, it wouldn't go viral? There's a million people at any given moment airborne with windows looking out into the air. You have satellite photos now of every of nearly every square inch of earth's surface we have crowdsourced an alien invasion invasion crowdsourced it in the 60s and 70s there was a okay we'll stop there before we continue i just want to go on with what he's saying here about the cell phones okay <laughs> again what, what, what that doesn't make any sense i mean again i've talked about this you know dozens of times on this podcast when these things happen you're never prepared for it right you know nobody's ever prepared for it. i mean just uh, we're just talking about this guy taking a picture and uh the cop who pulled over and took the picture of the tic tac he was lucky he got that picture because seconds later the thing was gone it's always been this way it's hard to get a picture of these things they don't want to be filmed obviously they don't want to be seen they don't want people to know what they're up to 
But again, this is all uh, again. I, I, all these things. I mean, the stuff he's talking about about sending these these satellites and, and things to 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 you know filming Mars and the planet. That, that, that's easy to do because you, you you have you're in control of everything. You know what you're about to film. Or when they're sending the thing the the picture of the asteroid, they, they know what they're do, they're doing. They're about to film. That does this whole argument is completely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, when it comes to flying saucers and encounters with aliens, right? It's not like they're going to you know stand there and and, and let you and pose for you. They do, it doesn't work that way. But again, this goes to show either his ignorance or deliberate stupidity. I'm not sure which one it is. You know, I, I really don't know. And then we'll continue here. It says, we have crowdsourced an alien an invasion. Crowdsourced it. In the 60s and 70s, there was a psychologist named John Mack who specialized in interviewing people who said they were abducted. That That's where you get the stories of the anal probes and the gonadal. He found these accounts to be so repeatable that out of his sample size, he then multiplied it up to the full population of the country, he said. There must be a million people who experienced this, abducted. Nowadays, you can stream what, you, what your phone sees. If, if an alien is taking you onto a flying saucer, you can stream that. In the era of the smartphone, there is no such video. Okay, again, this is something he says. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. He thinks that when people get abducted, that that uh, that they're, they're they're basically just brought on and, and given a free a free tour, basically, and they could do whatever they want. They could, you know, it's not like that, Neil. I mean, what are you talking about? You don't have any control. They're not going to let you. It's not like you bring your cell phone. Hey, stand stand over there in the corner by the by the control panel while I take your picture. This is absurd, totally absurd arguments that he's making here. Unbelievable. Oh. You know, you have to wonder. I mean, uh, I, again, I talked about this before. Is this guy is he is he like deliberately stupid? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I don't understand how somebody of of, of his intelligence could make comments like this. It's just so absurd. It shows his ignorance and not either. Like again, I, I'm not sure. I, I've talked about this before. I'm starting to wonder if maybe some of these people. Right, some of these people in, in the, that are popular in the in in the field of science, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, a, a famous astronomer, right? If they if they're just being deliberately stupid, because I I find it hard to believe that he really because it's either either he is deliberately stupid or he really is really stupid when it comes to this kind of stuff. It's either one or the other. That's that's unbelievable that he would make comments like this. It's a complete, un no, he doesn't have any understanding of this. He has not done no research on this at all. He has done nothing, not, none. And he, and he calls himself a scientist. He has not looked at any of the data that's been collected over the years, any of the research that's been done. He hasn't looked at any of it, obviously. I mean, like, I, I, don't, I can't believe it. It's just unbelievable. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we are back. Uh, I want to talk about uh, people who basically get frozen in place by some sort of ray directed at them by uh, alien visitors. Um, This has happened. It happened. It used to happen a lot, apparently, back in the... Uh, 50s, 60s, 70s, back back in those times. I mean, it doesn't seem like we have a lot of landing cases, but it, back in the 50s and 60s and 70s, there were a lot of people, and sometimes in the 80s too, there were some. These days, it doesn't seem like we have a lot of landing cases where people uh, come upon beings. Uh, these beings landed somewhere, and 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 uh, you know, like doing things. You know, either you know, uh, picking up. Uh, foliage off the ground or you know doing a, a taking samples from from of the earth it seems like that that kind of thing was happening a lot it seemed uh in in decades uh in decades past but nowadays it's just not it, you don't hear a lot of landing cases i i i wonder what's going on with that i mean why were there all these landing cases back in the uh, 50s 60s 70s you know uh 80s and now it's th- these days you just don't hear a lot of stories um uh, about this i i wonder if the aliens got smarter as time went by or or they don't need to do that kind of stuff anymore i don't know but whatever the thing is whatever the reason uh things are different now with regard to those kind of encounters uh uh than they were then and uh, anyway but some of the cases back then you had people who actually you know come upon these things landed out uh, you know in, in 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 so in their yard or on their property or nearby and and the next thing you know they're getting basically zapped uh you know and and paralyzed and they can't move and there were a lot of different cases and just recently uh the uh one youtube channel i follow uh ufob uh, had a little uh snippet of a case that happened in uh, 1965 in france uh, that involved a gentleman who got zapped basically and was frozen in place and I want to talk about that and also a different case uh, uh, that happened uh, uh, 11 years earlier. But anyway, here, here's a, an article, uh, uh, thinkaboutitdocs.com. I'll, I'll leave the link for it. And it's uh, about a guy named Maurice Mass, or excuse me, Maurice Massé. A farmer is detained by aliens in France on July 1st, 1965 at about 5.45 in the morning in the region of Valensole Basset Alps, France. Farmer Maurice Massé was inspecting his field of lavender when he heard a whistling sound, then noticed an egg-shaped object with six thin legs and a central pedestal standing nearby. Massé later said the object was about the size of a small car and he could see two seats inside an open doorway at the same time he also saw two small boys humanoid looking beings less than four feet tall dressed in grayish green one-piece coveralls massey reported that they appeared to be gathering handfuls of his lavender he said they had large hairless heads smooth white skin large slanted eyes pointed chins and small mouths with no lips 
Massey heard them make soft gurgling sounds as if communicating. When he approached, one of them pointed a small tube at Massey, which immediately immobilized him where he stood. He remained conscious, watching as they finished their task, and then entered the egg-shaped object, which rose off the ground, moved quickly away, then suddenly disappeared a few moments later. Massey was left standing paralyzed in his field, but regained his mobility about 15 minutes later. Now, I just want to stop there for a second. Now, this is, sounds like, if you think about it, this is it, this is very similar to a case that, uh, that happened in 1964 in Sorico, uh, Sorico, New Mexico, where a police officer, Lonnie Zamora, uh, saw an object, an egg-shaped object landed, and there were two beings standing out uh, uh, of the craft, uh, walking around the craft, and uh, he tried to get a better look at it, and the next thing, look, one of them saw him, and then the, then the thing, they, they got in the craft and took off. Now, he wasn't frozen in place like this guy was. Uh, but if you get too close, if you if you come upon these these beings, they have the power basically to freeze you in place. Now again, I, I just find it strange again that you don't hear a lot of these kind of cases nowadays. Like it's like they don't do this anymore. It seems, or, or if they are doing it, they're 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 it's they've they've come up with some new way to do it without anyone seeing them. I guess uh, who knows how they're how they get away with it if they are still doing it. But anyway. Two years after the close encounter, Maurice Massey stands at the landing site. This is a, that was just a picture. It says, Massey reported his encounter in detail to local authorities, including the mayor of Valensol, his parish priest, and the cops. The site was thoroughly inspected, and uh, symmetrical marks were found in the ground exactly where Massey said the legs of the object had been. It was later discovered that lavender would not grow on that spot for a period of 10 years. Uh, again, that's another interesting aspect of of these cases where when these objects land, you know, uh, they they do th they do things to the soil. This was something that uh, a guy uh, named Ted Phillips uh, uh, from uh, the Midwest. This this guy it, it investigated a whole bunch of landing uh, cases, and uh, he, he would uh, you know investigate the physical trace evidence that was left behind and basically what he had discovered is that the uh the the, the earth uh, where these things had landed and took off it would it would be very difficult to grow anything on it because the the, the earth was so dried out that it couldn't even uh it it it, it couldn't uh, absorb water like you know the water would be if you if you take a sample of this of this earth uh after from a landing site and you put it in water the the earth would float where earth from nearby that wasn't part of the landing site would actually turn into mud uh for whatever reason the earth the earth where these things land is basically drained devoid of any uh, the, the the minerals or uh devoid of any form of life basically it just can't uh, for some reason uh it just it, it's useless like the, you can't grow anything with it anyway it, con it continues here Four days after the encounter, Massey began to experience bouts of profound drowsiness, which caused him to require more than 12 hours of, of sleep every day for the next several months. Despite his reported immobilization by the humanoid beings and his later health difficulties, Massey said he had a positive feeling about his encounter. Massey was well known and highly respected in his community, and all the local authorities who examined his claims reached the conclusion that he was telling the truth. Um, so that's a very, it's a very interesting story, but you know, what's interesting to me about it is the fact that, that uh, you know, uh, 
that he was frozen in place that these beings have the ability basically if you if you if you were to come across if you're out somewhere you know walk say you're walking taking a walk through the woods and you came across uh, one of these landed craft and they happen to see you they're gonna they could do things to you from a distance that is going to uh, basically freeze you in place and that happened in a different case back in 1954 in france uh there was a 1954 there were a whole bunch of uh uh, alien encounters in France. Uh, they call it. Actually, it's been known as the uh, the the Great 1954 uh, Alien Invasion of France. Uh, anyway, this was a guy named Marius de Wild. Uh, he was a French railway worker. And anyway, de Wild uh, lived in a house by the tracks close to the railway station uh, at Quarable. Corobel Nord, France. According to De Wilde, on the night of September 10th, 1954, his dog started barking uh, at 22.30. De Wilde initially ignored the dog, but went outside with a flashlight after his dog continued to bark frantically. He walked towards the tracks, and he saw an object some six or seven meters away from him. Behind him, he could hear some steps. When he pointed the flashlight, De Wilde saw two humanoid figures about 80 centimeters to one meter. When the light was pointed to their heads, it reflected as if they were wearing a mirror helmet or something. Suddenly, a light beam came off the object he saw on the tracks and left him paralyzed. He slowly looked back and saw a door opening at the object behind him. The beings boarded the object and it took off towards the sky, changing its colors in the meanwhile. When he recovered his movements, he attempted to tell his wife and then his neighbor of what he had just seen, but neither of them had seen nor heard anything. He then tried to try the local police, which sent some police officers to his home. DeWild could not ap approach the point where everything happened because it made him feel sick, giving the, giving the officers a certainty that his story was not a hoax. Also, objects which are energized by battery, like DeWild's flashlight and telephone, stopped working. Before sunrise, investigators were all were already all over the place when when people were investigating the point an approaching train produced a very loud noise when passing by making it stop a six meter depression was found on the exact point where the object had landed and was immediately said to be the cause of the noise by light of day more detail more details were uncovered the small rocks under the train tracks were all carbonized on the depression the sleepers between the steel lines also also featured some symmetric marks the incident was made famous by the local magazine Radar. Following the incident, there were other occurrences. De Wilde suffered from respiratory problems and his dog died three days after the encounter. Three cows in nearby farms were found dead and their autopsies revealed that their blood had been totally and unexplainably removed. Also, several local people claimed sightings of, ob of objects and creatures similar to the ones witnessed by De Wilde. So there was a lot of people seeing these things at the time. But isn't that interesting? Look at all that stuff that happened right in that little area there. So the guy, I mean, in addition to everything else that's going on, there was three dead cows with the you know mutilated, you know, with their blood removed. Uh, well, you know, isn't that something? Uh, you know, again, you know, people are are still trying to deny that we have some presence here. Uh, but really, uh, but I guess the bottom line is uh, something. Uh, froze this guy in place and he couldn't move just like the uh, the guy the other guy in france in, in 1965 frozen in place and you can't move they these these aliens have the ability to basically uh cause you to freeze like a statue and uh this is very it's very interesting but you know uh it, i just wonder why it doesn't happen anymore you know 
I, I, you know, we just don't hear that there's not these kind of, there's not a lot of cases like this anymore where, where people actually come upon these beings, you know, examining things in a field like, or, or sitting on railroad tracks, you know, or whatever was going on back then. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And there's a lot of cases like this. There were so many cases with people coming upon these things. But it's interesting, this, the DeWild case, because the fact that nearby there were three cows drained of blood. We, we really didn't, people, people really didn't start talking about uh, cattle mutilations until 1967, where there was a case where there was a horse that was found mutilated. It happened very suddenly. And, uh, but, you know, actually, it looks like it was going on a long time before that. In fact, there were cases in the 1800s where people were founding these things. But it really wasn't until the 60s where people started, re- like, putting two and two together um, that uh, these cows were actually being mutilated. Uh, it, apparently by uh, extraterrestrial visitors so uh yeah it's just uh, the the uh, you know you wonder though uh you know it, it's basically out of science fiction uh stories you know freeze rays and and they basically have that ability in, in addition to be, being able to uh control you mentally uh by some means uh but they have the ability basically to cause your body to freeze in place like a statue and there's nothing you can do about it that has to be extremely frightening uh, I, I would, I would, if it happened to me, I, I think, you know, that would be very scary. I don't think I would like it one bit.